Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Miller's Game Room podcast, a podcast by me, Miller, who loves to ramble about games and various issues to do with them. This is my first like official episode because I did a pilot before which went quite well, so this is my first official release and I'm really looking forward to getting out there and uh, it's this uh, podcast, uh, like usual, is structured. So first off I talk about gaming news that interest me, some mainstream, some niche and the second section is about what I've been playing which may be, sh- may be shorter or longer than others, I don't know depending on what I've done which can include like, re- like brief reviews or impressions because I play a wide variety of games and then for the final section is usually the main topic and um, this week's topic is as it's the first like, podcast I wanted to do about my favourite games of all time kind of to like get a feel for the kind of things I'm into and what I want to talk about and what I will talk about and that kind of thing so let's get into it so let's start with the gaming news stuff I've got a few different things because first up we've got I meant the switch version 13.0 firmware update and this came out early this week and I'm actually quite happy with this update because it's the main thing that was added was a uh, Bluetooth audio support. It ca- it's, it's a long overdue feature because Nintendo tend to be quite behind the times with things like this. I could still play the Vita in 2021 with Bluetooth but not the Switch until this week. And this one uh, has some limitations. Like you, can pl- like you can plug headphones in, you can play the music through headphones, you don't need a cable, but you can't use it online and wireless communication if you're using that you can't use it either which is a bit a bit silly but for me it's a good thing because you can play rhythm games on the switch now quite easily with headphones in and rpgs and listen to the soundtrack from those games as well as visual novels and pretty much anything else you want to play not to worry about the wire fracturing and to buy three pounds a replacement which is nice and i'm really looking forward to really digging into some switch games with that feature now because it's amazing i'm so glad I'm really glad, happy to see that, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad with that. So um, this the other big things are the well, Activision got hit with another lawsuit, which um, I won't go into a whole backstory again because it's a lot and it's quite triggering. But basically, they were hit by another lawsuit with the uh, they were fi- they had it filed to the National Labor Review Board in the United States by the A Better ABK worker collective in conjunction with the communication workers of america i'm not american so i don't know what these organizations are uh so uh, that's why i'm just reading off it and things in there including threatening employees not to talk about wages hours or conditions and being overreaching with social media as well as other union busting and um, intimidation techniques which uh that's kind of the summary i got it's a lot and just I'm just glad they're being taken to the cleaners, so to speak, and they're finally getting some payback for their actions because as it's escalating, and it has been escalating since the whole revelations first leaked with the California lawsuits, I'm just glad, and these companies, these abusive practices and how they mistreat workers has to be held to account and change has to be forced through legal systems, not just in the US, but across the world, like in the EU as well. So uh, yeah, I'm glad that's happening. Uh, third thing is a uh, Tokyo Game Show that's uh, later this month in, in early October. So this week some companies were like putting up like their schedules and their lineups. So I had a look through some of them, and 
there were a few interesting ones that stood out for me. And uh, well, I've got a small list here, so I'll go through them. First one is Square Enix uh, doing a uh, TGS 2021 Square Enix Presents. So we'll probably see things on like, as old things like Dragon Quest X and as well as the, the Western games like Garden of the Galaxy and Triangle Strategy and, and things like that, which, um, oh, and also the reboot, the, the action game, not reboot, the action game they're doing with Koei Tecmo, which is also there too, which I'm, I'm, not, I'm keeping my expectations quite low, but the main thing I want to see is more news on Dragon Quest X Offline and because that's the version of the game that will, will likely be the only one that makes it to the west because it's offline and not not actually online so it will be cheaper to localize and then they're more likely to actually want to do it even though it should have happened years ago but i'm gonna deviate not deviate too much and yeah um there's one of the things is a dragon quest x tv which um i'm guessing will probably be in japanese only but it's kind of a long-running thing they've done for Dragon Quest X with the updates and discussions and stuff, which I kind of want to tune into just for the fun of it. Because again, offline news and also anything else regarding the online version, which will be pretty cool to see, even though realistically it will probably never come to the West at this point, unless it's the offline version. So uh, I'll keep my expectations in check. And as other things as well, um, there was some other companies also do partners, so like Konami, for example, and yeah, they're dickheads, but... Konami um, has like Falcom doing Kurunakazeki on their booth and also the most interesting one for me which people w will probably go under the radar for was uh, Kogado Studio and um, one of their teams is the uh, Kuruneko-san team which um, I believe they're the, the studio that made Symphonic Rain. If you know, know what um, Kogado Studio are you're probably familiar with some of their games so like the Nurse Love Syndrome, Nurse Love Addiction, and uh, most recently the Yume Utsutsu Remaster, they're all Yuri Vision novels. And so they're the company that, that that did those. So I'm interested in this because I think whatever this game will be will probably be for consoles and we'll probably get a Western release announcement probably at the same time or maybe afterwards. So I'm interested in seeing what that is and I'm hoping it, it's good. And who knows, maybe Symphonic Rain will get a console version. I think there's a switch version in japan that came out a long time ago but never came to the west so i'm hoping to see something there because it's we've got if it's japan it's a planned announcement so that's why about that so and also happy net which is the publisher that that did revive brigandine which has been going for longer but that's the game people most know them for and um They've got some part companies that, that, that might have some news like Inti Create, City Connection, and Fan Gamer. But there's also a couple of smaller ones which I want to highlight. And that's first up's Broccoli, and that's a Notomi game developer that a while ago teased a localization of their most recent new game, which was uh, Jack Gian, which is an Otome game with rhythm game. So, Otome game with rhythm elements that was uh, made in collaboration with. Um, this Tokyo Ghoul creator, I've forgotten his name, but it was a collaboration and they teased about the possibility for localization or looking into it. That was a while ago, the game's been out for a while, so I'm hoping if they've got something there, it'll be a localization announcement of some sort, hopefully physical and on the Switch as well. So, and the other one was uh, Light. Now, Light is a visual novel developer who is, will be most known for Dice Ray, which, um, there was a while ago there was a Kickstarter for it and it came to the West and uh, 
and yeah I played a bit of it on PC back when I could play on PC and it was really good but not unfortunately like they had while they had plans for expansion they uh, went bankrupt apparently because Dysonary Pantheon which was a phone game didn't do well so I'm surprised to see Light of come back I'm not really sure on the specifics but I'm guessing it's because whoever's bought the assets has kind of rebranded re it or something maybe there might be some news because if I remember correctly um, their former like person that was doing English PR which was a translator um, Andrew Hodgson I think I, I think was talking about how the original plan included to release Dice Array Switch version and possibly other stuff and um, so I'm hoping that if this, those plans could possibly be revived I don't know but I hope to see Dice on Switch because I do really want to play it as, play the game properly because I loved it when what I played but uh, yeah it's, I just don't know if it will happen but I'm going to keep an eye on it because I don't know what else they could potentially have Alright, and for this next section I'm going to talk a bit about what I've been playing and uh, I'm, in terms of what I've been playing, it was the same as what I did in my pilot episode which uh, for the purposes of this first episode I'm just going to go over it all again and that game was uh, Project Cross Zone for the 3DS so I tend to be more of a patient gamer so a lot of these older games I'm only just checking out now or I've put down and come back to so this is one of those games that I started and it's an SRPG crossover with Namco, Capcom and Sega characters and is developed by Monolith Soft who also did the Xenoblade and Xenoga Saga and those things and a bunch of other games as well it's the gameplay this is um it's well it's it's not a strategy game but just combines everything together it's basically chaos if that makes sense like it lets us bring all these characters and all these worlds together into this one the worlds of falling apart story and just it's quite difficult to understand plot-wise, but I love it. And the gameplay is like, well, like stages. It's kind of like a button mash in some ways. Like, you, like it's primary. It's called a strategy game, but I think in some ways it's a bit of a button masher. Like you press the, you enter the stages, and you just two combinations. It's just, it's kind of difficult to describe. But it's like, as long as you're on top of things and keep an eye on people's health, and and just kind of learn learn to try to extend your combos and use assists and stuff as long as you keep paying attention you'll be fine basically and yeah I I knew one of the flaws going into the game was it was quite repetitive so I took a bit of a break for a few days and um, I'm now at stage about like 22, 23 so I'm like I'm just over halfway through because there's 40 stages in total and um, I think I've been at the point where like the stages do go on quite a bit so like if you're gonna play the game like put aside like an hour and a half to put for one stage because there are quite long stages and sometimes like when you think you've defeated all the enemies suddenly more turn up and it's yeah it's a, it's a lot but it's a lot of fun as well because the, the visuals are stunning the anime cutscenes are stunning the sprites of the characters are stunning and just it's I've seen like characters and things like Sacred Wars to Resident Evil to like Dot Hack and uh even obscure things like Valkyrie and stuff like that from all these obscure games come together and I'm hoping once I've done this game I'll be able to eventually get down to uh, Project Cross Zone 2 which has not only got more characters it's also got the guest Nintendo characters which I'm looking forward to and uh, yeah I'm not sure when I'll get around to that but I'm hoping I can finish, finish, uh, finish Cross Zone this month or next month and then move on to something else anyway for the third section I'm going to talk about my uh, say my top 10 favorite games of all time as of now 
because uh, it's kind of difficult for me to kind of narrow it down. So um, what I just like as part of like this podcast series, I want to kind of get a feel for or the audience to get a feel for what kind of different games I'm into, what I want to play, what I talk about, and my tastes. And so I feel doing a top ten that broadly is inclusive as well of all that, and then just have Pete have that have that there. So. And also get to ramble about some of my favourite games and how they impacted me. I've also got a ton of honourable mentions which will go at the end, which I wanted to round out a bit of games I also liked but not enough to put in top 10. And there's more as well, but it's just it was hard to narrow it down. So um, yeah, I'm going to go from left to right because I've actually got, next to me I've actually got like all the physical games because I got them off my shelf so I've got like a visual prompt because like it's just better that and just having that and just having a list of points because once I know what the game is I can like oh I can just recount all my experiences of it and how much I love it and just that kind of thing and yeah um so to give a broad overview I broadly broadly play things like JRPGs, uh, visual novels, uh, platformers, Nintendo games, uh, so I want to play more things like LGBT games as well and uh, well, I'm open to pretty much anything if it's up my street I tend not to play Western games aside from indies, so just putting that there. Just one, I just don't not that not I don't particularly care for a lot of them, and two, I just I don't really like a lot of the dark gritty aesthetics for them. So there won't be many Western games at all in this in this self, but that's okay because we're into what we're into. And so yeah, I'm gonna go from left to right. And um, first one on the left is uh, Dragon Quest Eight. Uh, Journey of the Cursed King for the uh, this is the 3DS version because it's the one I played, but the PlayStation 2 version is a uh, was the one a lot of people played and is kind of what was what really like brought the series to people's attention. And um, I kind of struggled to pick this one out of the other ones, which I'll get to the in honorable mentions. But this one I I feel this one I kind of um, I vied with the characters the best in it, and I also like the world and the music as well. And uh, the gameplay, because especially the 3DS version, the grinding was reduced significantly. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I took about like 70 hours in this to beat it, and uh, it was a lot. And I had a ton of fun with it. And uh, yeah, lovely little game. And uh, yeah, the uh, next one is an another RPG, and it's um it's Tales of the Abyss, which is um it's a 3DS version as well because uh. In Europe, we didn't get the PS2 version, and only the 3DS version is the one we got. So, this was um, a game that only way I could play it legally, and um, I love this one. And um, I think like the gameplay for a start is like, like it's um, well action RPG, so it's quite easy to play, and uh, quite it's got a good difficulty curve as well. I mean, I like Dragon Quest Eight; that had a good difficulty curve as well. And was to turn base instead, and uh, it was nice and easy to play. And uh, the main thing that stood out about this game for me was the the character development arcs, especially with the protagonist Luke, who's basically an asshole. Like at the start of the game, he's an asshole because, like, as it says in the back of the box, he was a uh, shut away into his family's manor, and then he had to was forced out into the into the I don't want to say the phrase real world, but kind of out into the world where he had to kind of grow up quickly and learn to like care for people and it's it's nice because by the end of the game it's like i can see why people tend to get put off by it because sometimes it is a bit obnoxious and actually upsetting 
quit at the start when it comes to like how he can be a dickhead but Leneva leans into like really fucked up territory because it's a 12 rated game but it's I can see why people might think I don't want to play a game where the protagonist is an asshole and they put it down so I can see why that's the case but it's worth playing to the end especially because it comes like a genuinely good protagonist and it's difficult to describe that going to spoilers, but there are some very particular points, especially in even in the final dungeon. There's a particular like fight in the final dungeon where it's just Luke and another character who I won't describe, but if you've played the game, you'll know what I'm referring to, and that was one of the best bits of the game for me. And kind of showed how much it's like Luke grew the character. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a great game as well. And the next game is uh, Radiant Historia, which was a, I played the 3DS version, but this was a DS game originally, and uh, this was Icky Atlas's little throwback to uh, older RPGs, and uh, it's kind of like a time traveling game, so you, like, you've got to get given a magical book, and you've got to basically go on the adventure and uh, work out what's going on, and try to stop your friends from dying, because like, when you get like an hour in, don't see where your friends die and you've got to go back and try to stop this stop that from happening and then it just goes on to try to do the overarching goal of saving the world and stopping the continent from being turned into sand and desert basically which yeah it's it's very like it's a huge tearjerker and the dub in the 3ds version is really good it's like people like hate like the heat on dubs and i think if a dub's done really well it can be it can be really beneficial for a game and this is one of those games and yeah, it's got a flowchart system as well, so you can see where the endings are. And uh, yeah, it's part of the gameplay, which is kind of like position-based. It's quite unique. And yeah, and finally, like the most, it's also quite an accessible game as well because you can just put on the easiest mode and just enjoy the story. And it's a fantastic story. Like it made me cry a lot. And uh, definitely, like in terms of games, it's definitely among Atlas's best games, especially if you. If you t if you don't consider Mega Ten and Persona. Anyway, next ones I'm not going to talk about RPGs for a little bit because I've done gone through three, and um, I don't think I'll jump ahead actually. And I'll talk about a a bit of a uh, platforming game, which is a uh, the Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii, which uh, was the first Mario game I played, the first 3D one, and I uh, love this game to pieces. It kind of blew me away, cause especially when you're like a kid. And you'd see these like technological achievements of all these like these spheroid planets and stuff like that, which you just didn't think was possible. Like in many ways, even to this day, it's still like a huge technical marvel with, that you can walk around these planets and this little platforming. And just it was it blew me away, and it kind of still does. Like I played it on the Switch last year, and well, this is in the All Stars version as well. And um, it was it seemed it looks great in HD as well. Holds up, holds up quite well, and I'm glad to see that it's one of the most beloved like Mario games out there. And the sequel is also pretty good as well. I don't like it as much because I felt it got a bit too linear. But this is why I prefer the first game. And the first game I felt kind of nailed it more with the exploration with the planets and the exploration and the, the fact that every galaxy had like by the end of the game had like several stars in them, aside from a few of the smaller ones. But yeah, it's a great game and definitely uh, right in the childhood. So yeah. And uh, move on to a, another... Um, um, I'll move on to another really recent game. And uh, 
I kind of uh, wasn't expecting to like this one as much as I did, and it's uh, like a 2020 release, and it was Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'd say my favourite because, like, especially because at the time when I played it, it was like it, I needed to mentally cope with things, not just from COVID, but from personal stuff. I'll go into another time, and um, I ended up to play this and build my own home and uh, my own little island, and relax and have like self-care and just. It was just so relaxing. I spent hours playing it, and not as much now. But maybe one day I'll do an island tour or something. I don't think I need to explain too much about what this game is, because especially if you've got a Switch, you will know what this game is. It's a great game, definitely one that I enjoyed. And bear in mind, I didn't play any of the previous games. Like I was interested, but not super interested. But I, it was worth it. Anyway, um. I'm going to talk about a, uh, a game that most people probably will not have heard of. And a reason why is because this is a Vita game. It's a Japanese exclusive Vita game. And it's, I feel like this reps is kind of part of where I like, I like importing games from Japan where I can. I don't have the money to kind of do it often. So it's kind of like it's a treat to be able to import things. And yeah, this particular game was a, uh, a game where... I had a rec- I had it recommended because I used to be I used to really be into the Vita when things came out and it was just one of the games that was recommended and it's IVT Colorful for the Vita and this one is a licensed game because it stars the IA Vocaloid and so if you've played the Hatsumiku Rhythm games it plays quite similar it's also easier and I also prefer it I prefer the songs I prefer the Vocaloid and huge wide range of stuff here. And it's still one of my favorite games. I still go back and play it every now and then, which is quite rare for me. And yeah, it's a Vita exclusive, and I really, really, really want a sequel. And I'm hoping that does happen, but I don't know if it ever will. Especially because there hasn't been any news since. And it's it came out in 2015 in Japan, so it's been plenty of time for a sequel and nothing's happened yet. But I would be all over this if it got a localization, even now. Or even a new, a new game, which is my preference, whether it be with IA or the accompanying Vocoid 1 which was made uh, around the same time actually. Okay and for the next uh, game we have Nor 9 Var Commons which is an Otome game for the Vita. It's one of the earliest Otomate releases that have been come to the west and it's also my favorite one of them all. I just loved it. It's it's one of the more romancy vision novels because like it's while it's got an interesting sci-fi setting with um, the like fantasy elements as well and historical as well, it's uh, very much a you're gonna have like three like protagonists, like all the women romancing three different guys and that kind of thing. It's quite different to normal Otome games, and I really enjoyed seeing the roots and the characters and the ele- and the emphasis on romance and the old mystery of where the journey's going when they get on this ship to a mysterious destination. It's a fantastic game, and I do wish the Switch version would come over, because not only has that got the fan disc, but Nor 9 to this day is still exclusive to Vita in English. So it's a bit of a shame, because I think more people deserve to play it. And I'm hoping that when I get to play more some of the more romance-heavy Otomato games coming, like, well, Olympia Story just came out, but there's also Cupid Parasite and Variable Barricade. And yeah, I'm hoping that to uh, enjoy those as much as I enjoyed this.
And I have played a few others as well, and some of them also appear in my honourable mentions. So, uh, little spoiler. Alright, my next one is Persona 4 Golden, which uh, basically what sold me on the Vita, which is like a lot of people, if you buy a Vita and you like Japanese games in any way, shape or form, you will have at least considered getting this game. And in the much else I can say about it, it's not really said, but it just said, I think it's the, it was a really great blend for me in the mixing this dark story with addictive like turn-based combat and this with a bright aesthetic with amazing music and like great memorable characters it was truly fantastic truly a fantastic game and it's still like it's still one of my favorites to this day like it's top 10 i'd say this is probably easily top three and it's still like one of the best and uh, i really hope to see this come back to another platform because it got ported to steam um, a couple like 2019, 2020. It was much later than it should have been, and it did really well. So I'm hoping that this game gets ported again to consoles because more people need to play it, especially with the Vita now basically irrelevant. This you can the copies of this game are expensive, and it's one of the best games ever. It's also available on PS2. It's like a vanilla version, which doesn't have as much content, which is also getting expensive. But just play that game. And then finally we have, oh not finally, I've got another one after this one. It's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, which is probably, probably one of my favourite RPGs ever. In fact, yeah, probably my favourite RPG ever, actually. And this one's like, you're on like two, like, two like uh, titans, if that makes sense. Like in an endless ocean. And you've got to, when you when like, the protagonist Shulk is Conley's attacked, you go to like, got to go up, got to go find but go get his like love interest Fiora back from the uh the enemy and that kind of thing and go out from the colony and this vast sprawling world on the back of a of a giant and it's it's fantastic. Like people love this game for a reason and I loved it as well. It's like the story is genuinely genuinely quite unpredictable in a good way. You can't always really predict what's coming and it's really difficult to kind of describe without spoiling it and Gameplay wise it can be a bit complex to get into in terms of battle system, which I get, but it's totally worth it. And the Switch version has is which is the one I played actually, has um easy like like more accessible options that like you put onto easy, reduces the grinding, you get more waypoints for quests and it just makes it into into one of the easiest games to play and I love it about it. It's it's definitely a game I'd recommend to anyone looking for an RPG. And also like of course, like the music as well looks amazing. The visuals and and the Switch exclusive about future connected content is pretty cool as well. Just a fantastic, a fantastic game, and I love it to pieces. And the last one, which is uh, as I mentioned, I wanted to play more LGBT games, and this is one of them. And that's uh, Celeste, which was a game made by uh, a team of actually like LGBTQA people, and a uh, platforming game. It's in many ways, kind of reminded me of like Donkey Kong Country, because of the really challenging but fair platforming with accessibility features like the easy mode, which is amazing and helpful. And of course, there's also like the emphasis on managing anxiety and managing inner demons and other things. You could tell this game was developed by like neurodivergent people and other like queer people, and this is that's the vibe I got playing this. It just 
in that's way it kind of spoke to me in so many ways as someone who is well neurodivergent and queer it's it was great and i loved it to pieces and i'm hoping to go back and play farewell because yes i'm i'm a sinner i've not played farewell it's like i beat the main game and i was like you know what i'm gonna come back and do farewell and i've not done it yet and yeah it's just great it's just great I don't want to really place them in too much of an order because I feel like I'll be putting them kind of narrowly into categories and I don't really want to do that. So it's kind of like I've got that top 10 and I'm quite happy with it. So um, I'm going to go on to honorable mentions. I won't go into detail because many of these deserve their own things and some of them I've not finished. So there's a couple I've not actually like finished, so to speak. And I don't want to like put them in the top 10 or, any, or in a list if I've not finished them or if I'm not intending to finish them. It's just like, I don't really feel like I can do that. So um, I'll, I'll move from left to right because I've got things on a bunch of platforms. So i um, got E7 for like Falcon Rep because I like Falcon games a lot. And E7 was, is one of these games I've finished and I really liked it as well on the PSP and Steam. Uh, Valkyrie Profile, this is a Lenith version and it's um, got lo really nice ideas. I love the atmosphere, I love the gameplay, but I've not finished it. So I don't want to put it on a list or anything, but I think if I finished it, it could potentially crack top 10 because I just love it. It's got a really unique mix of things. And then the back here, I've got I've got a small stack of other like beta games. So Muramaza Rebirth to represent like Vanilla Wan or the Hack and Slash and the beautiful art for the, these games. I want to play more Vanilla because it's the only one I've finished. And you've got uh, Utah Raimono Mask of Truth, which is one of my favorite visionals of all time because of like it genuinely made me cry to the point where I was even dreaming about it which is says a lot really about it and uh, I really hope to be able to keep playing more games from this series I've played Deception as well which you need to play first and I'll maybe talk about it more in length another time and we have the Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly and Ash and Hawk Otome games quite dark Otome games but also really good I love them to pieces as well and uh, also got Kingdom Hearts 2 because that's kind of the Kingdom Hearts game I love the most and one of the few I kind of came close to finishing. I literally just stopped for the fun boss and didn't finish it, but I just loved it. I just loved the mix of like Disney and like Square Enix and the action gameplay, and it's a really fun game and I really enjoyed it. Okay, as I mentioned, I've got the Dragon Quest stack because there were a few games that I wasn't sure what to put. As my favourite Dragon Quest game, and there's like four here, so uh, I'll just get into them. First one is, of course, Dragon Quest 11 S, which is objectively one of the best RPGs of all time. The gameplay is just amazing, and it's a perfect newcoming newcomer game because it's even on things like Stadia and uh, the Game Pass, so it's like the perfect game for a newcomer. It's just amazing. But other games as well also include. Uh, Dragon Quest V, which I've not finished, but I loved it to bits as well. It's also the creator's favourite, so a little story that, little more one of the more story-driven Dragon Quest games, which genuinely is really good. And I've not finished it, but I want to finish it. There's also Dragon Quest IX, which was my first Dragon Quest. I've got a soft spot for it, but in terms of the series, it's not the best one, but it's definitely a one worth playing. And there's Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime, which is spin-off game that is also my favorite and probably one of my favorite like games ever because it's like it's basically really cute tower defense and action game aimed at younger audience it's just really really cute and if you it's just 
I'd say even if you don't play RPGs, to give it a try. It's just fantastic. Fantastic, really neat game. And I'm currently playing the third game. Like, not right now, but I have started playing it, and uh, that game's even better. I don't want to put that to the list until I've finished it, because that game's in Japanese only, so I've got to, like, manage that and not... <laughs> well, I don't have the fan translation on my thing, so I can't actually play it with the fan translation as I start over, and I don't want to do that. And there's a couple more Western games now. You got Dust and Elysian Tale, which is basically an indie vanillaware, if that makes sense. And it was developed by quite a small team, but it was it's amazing. It looks and plays amazing. And it's really and it's just a, it's just it's just beautiful with a great voice acting and a really fun game. And it's also it's quite short as well, unless you play if you play on easy, but it's considered it's really made by a small indie team, it's absolutely incredible. And then finally, I've got in this fist little, little, little mini set, we have a, I've got SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom because the Nickelodeon licensed games that were published by the original THQ, like not Nordic, the original company that went bankrupt, were formed a large part of my childhood. And having those games is kind of fun because some of them were actually pretty good games. And Battle for Bikini Bottom is a great game in its own right. The remake's also pretty good as well. And if you find a remake for a decent price, pick it up because it's good. And finally, I've got a couple of, uh, I say couple of games because, like, there's a couple of series that come into, like, my favourites but don't really qualify as, like, top ten because, like, the whole series collectively is good, even if I've not played all of them. And that's Taiken Tachjin, which is another rhythm game series which I absolutely fucking love. And Atrium Odyssey, which is a dungeon crawling series, which I also absolutely bloody love to bits. And uh, I'll talk more about these another time because they're both great games. And yeah, um, I think that's going to be it actually, so, for today anyway, and I'm going to, I'm not 100% sure what my schedule's going to be yet, it'll either be weekly or bi-weekly, and um, it'll be course I'll aim to put it on as many platforms as possible, because, one, accessibility, and two, because more people are getting, hear some, have, have hear someone ramble about games passionately, the little goodwill, and the better it'll be for everyone, because, you know, rambling about games is good, especially in this world. So yeah, I'm gonna say goodbye for now, and I hope to see you all soon. And uh, please like leave likes and likes and positive feedback on all these platforms, the way they normally do as well, to help boost my algorithm. So thank you so much, and uh, goodbye. <laughs>